Um, Quinn, are you okay? I'm not great. Yeah, you don't seem great. I see you and I know you well enough to know how are you doing? Well, not well, bitch, uh, according to Real Housewives folklore. Um, what's going on? Oh, Carrie, so many things. I don't okay. want to overwhelm you. Overwhelm me? Um, I'm actually okay. I, I'm feeling safe to take it on because I have to show you my view. Let me see. Oh, my God. I know this might make you feel better or jealous or both. Great, Scott. <laughs> is, that the, All right. is that the Hills of Moore? What is that? That is Arthur's seat right up there. It's like the big mountain in Holyrood Park, oh in Holyrood Park in um, Edinburgh. But enough. Can you please tell me what's going on with you? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I, have- I might not be. Well, the truth is I just took some Pepto-Bismol because I have a terrible tummy ache. But um, outside of having a tummy ache and my kids being complete psychopaths, um, is that since I have last seen you, I had like a, a, a fun medical mystery. And by fun, I mean horrible, which is that I was waking up. I, I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense. It is still very much happening. Um, I'm having severe joint pains in the night, and they're random and in different parts of my body. So the first night it happened, it was like all my fingers, all my toes in one hip. And then the second night, it would be like two wrists and a knee and the fingers on one hand. But it is severe and out of nowhere. And it's- Does it feel sharp or does it feel dull? It feels insane. And okay. as a doctor, as someone that's read a ton of WebMD, I can tell you that it's a true medical mystery and it could be anything. So what I did was I went to urgent care, then a rheumatologist, then to get a full blood panel, then to a neurologist, then to get x-rays, then to get nerve uh, tested, which by the way, don't ever do that. It's just someone electrocuting you and then putting needles in your body. Skip it. By the way, my nerves are super healthy. Um, so I felt you all felt, those electric you, shocks. You felt all those things. Yeah. We can rule out nerve issues because guess what? You felt every felt shock. Every, every shock. And it was, freaking... shock. it was shocking. I tell you. So oh, what a needling day. That um, wasn't a good pun. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, Quinn, this uh, sounds really scary. Well, so no one, none of the doctors will call me back or talk to me about any of the results as they come in. So I am also teaching myself how to read like x-rays and blood panels. But the blood panel came back and it says that I have something called parvovirus and I like tested off the charts for it. So I was like, we have a winner. So I start Googling it. And if you just Google parvovirus, the first thing that comes up is this is something dogs get. (laughs) So you're like, you've always been a bit of a bitch. So I feel like that actually. (laughs) Thank you. Has someone already made that joke for you? No, you're the first. (gasps) How? That's oh I'm God. honored. Also, so such lucky. an easy joke because you're not a bitch, but but I love you know. How yeah. can you not say that? I'm anyway, a little here bit we of are. A bitch. I'm certainly being bitchy right now because I'm so sick. But that 
did not make me feel that much better. So I started Googling parvovirus in humans. And it said, sure enough, it said, if a kid gets it, which kids often get it, then -hmm. their face is rashy. Like they have like really rosy cheeks. And they were like, less common. Adults can get it. And usually no symptoms at all. But sometimes horrible joint pain. And I was like, that's me. It me. So I have parvovirus. It says there's nothing you can do for it. It says that it can last days to weeks. And I am on day like 13. So one would hope when they say weeks that they mean two and that it'll be over tomorrow. Um, But that is what I've been. That's been like my mountain to climb since I saw you last. And it has been. I just need lots of walking sticks. Like, also, I'm really glad that this is what it is because they were testing for, like, lupus and Lyme and rheumatoid arthritis and brain tumors and cancer. So you're like, great. I'll take a virus. I'll take a virus. I'll take a a a dog virus. virus. I'll take a bitch virus. Um, I'll take a bitch. bitch. It's a bitchy virus. The dog, the the virus is a real bitch. Um, Is there, like... I mean, have you thought about like going to some like natural paths and like what like symptoms or like are you like what? I mean, we're leaving tomorrow for the rest of the summer to go to Denver. Mm -hmm. So and I have Medicaid, so it doesn't work in other states, which is like interesting. Like I I can only see a doctor. No, I know. I'm I'm the same way. I have mine is not Medicaid, but it's like I have such shitty insurance that it's like you actually can only get sick in New York, which is great because I actually don't have a home. So I think it works out really well for me, right. um, all things considered. But I would also like, if there's like, cause like, isn't like liver, like I'm trying to think of like fish oil, is that good for joints? Like I would just like, I would Great idea. see like- You know what, my like sister some, visited me and she left her fish oil here by mistake and she said it's very expensive and I should take it. So you know what? Yeah. Maybe I I'll think take like, her up, up on that. Just like maybe look up some offer. vitamins that just help with joint, you know I mean? like. So you don't um, also, think drinking three glasses of wine a night, which is what I prescribed because I mean, of the pain. I mean, I love pain. that for you. Here's the deal, though. For me, I know when I have alcohol, I don't sleep as well. Right. I go to sleep faster, but I wake up earlier because it fucks with my blood sugar. Um, I don't know if liver or if, if fish oil helps with your joints, but what I would do if I were you is it sounds I would, like, like it would because it's oily. Like, don't you think it'll make yeah, like, them I mean, really like, like the lubricate. Tin Man? Like, I want like Tin Man oil can like oh, on your joints. I should at also night. say if you're hearing construction noises, that is because our shower is under construction upstairs. What sh- what happened? They're taking it out and they're putting in just tiles. So we have like. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, dear readers, we do have a shower upstairs that is a prefab. And you can buy really nice prefab showers these days, to be clear. This was bought sometime in the early 70s. And it looks, it's got that creepy motel you might get murdered in vibes. And Mm -hmm. so Matt and I for a long time were like, let's get it out of here. And finally it's happening. And they're putting um, just some tiles in its place, like a normal tiled situation Shower. are you um, going to get a seat for your joints can you do like a we seat? are we're going to get a bench that folds into the wall i was just that's looking great. at them on amazon um that's great that's really this, good what, this, this is not episode sponsored. is not sponsored by amazon by to anyone. be clear we don't have amazon money um should we bleep them we should bleep that bleep. that should be something we bleep okay um quinn i'm so sorry you're dealing with that that sounds really stressful well, and in like the meanwhile lack you're of sleep. a movie star and by a movie <laughs> star i mean a lady of the stage 
I'm a lady of the stage. No, we've been like, uh, it's such a different, it's just such a different beast. My joints are hurting and it's because I am walking so much and I am doing my show, which is very physical every night. Um, and just like trying to take care of myself, you know, which is also a hard thing to do when mm-hmm. you're away from home. And, you know, like right now, what time is it there for you? It is 9.47 a.m. It is 2.47 p.m. my time. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, knock on wood, it's only like we've been doing the show for less than a week. Um, it's Tuesday night, so this is going to be our sixth or seventh performance. We opened last Wednesday. And Quinn... Carrie, it's going very well. I know that. It's I'm watching the very Instagram well. stories, and I'm my feeling about it is that it seems to be going great. It's going very well. It's like we've almost had three sold out audiences so far, and That's it's just so the great. beginning of the festival. And people Can I are say coming I'm and so really happy for you, and I'm so proud of you, Thank and I'm you. really glad that this is happening right now. It's a really Thank good you. time. For a big win for Carrie. It is. It feels really good. I also, you know, anytime for me, I always feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop in some ways, you know? So um, because I'm a catastrophic thinker, brag about it. Anxiety. Here we are. Um, But I'm feeling okay. I think the lack of sleep the first week was really tough. Um, But you know, we just came off of another festival where we did 10 shows and it went like gangbusters. And then here we are. And we just got yesterday, we got a daily mail review for five stars. So like in the daily mail and like a big publication, which is really cool. And, you know, I'm just, I feel really lucky and I feel really grateful. And I also know it's not, it's not like I was talking to KK, um, who I do the show with. And it was so funny, by the way, um, I had friends from home come visit. Um, They happened to be going through Edinburgh to go on like a really fun, like train trip, like almost like a cruise, but it's actually a train. And um, they were like, so you have kids to KK? And I was like, who are they thinking of? Ah, they're thinking of Quinn. I was like, I have two work wives. I was like, I have Mm. Quinn. And I have KK. And, I, and they were like, oh, so you've lived at KK's. I'm like, no, 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 that's Quinn. You're like, every story you know about me and my work wife is Quinn. It's a different, it's Quinn. It's like, you know, it's, it, but it feels really good to have like two people who I love and adore who I work with, which is really a special feeling. Um, but like, do you I'm think walking. that she and I should have to fight each other to the death? Never, never. That's actually a line from my show. And no, I don't think. I don't believe okay. in scarcity. A line from my show is because um, the patriarchy has taught us that scarcity is real and women must fight one another to the death. It was a line I wrote for the show. And um, I actually don't believe in that. I believe in abundance. And I think that there is space and time and love for both of you. Hashtag and that's gather. That. Hashtag gather the fuck up. But Quinn, hey, I'm can so... we welcome these folks or what? Oh, my God. Welcome to Truly Darkly Creepy. I'm that's Quinlan, Quinlan Posner. Posner. And that's Carrie I'm Ipema. Carrie Ipema. <laughs> and she has joint pain, and so do I. Hey, this don't is the copy joint me. pain app. <laughs> get your own get your own weird thing. I have my own virus. It's called the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's the theater bug, folks. And she's got it bad. <laughs> I got bit by the theater bug. Quinn got bit by a dog bug. It's so fun. No, but I was talking about this with KK because like 
I had this moment. We performed for a 3,000-seat theater, um, mm. and we did improv, and it didn't go great, but, like, or I didn't think it went great, and yeah. then afterwards, you're, like, flyering people, and, like, you're giving people... It's just like a really aggressive thing that you have to do for mm-hmm. your shows. And people would walk by and be like, ugh, I didn't like that one. And I was like, that was me. <laughs> it was so discouraging. And so oh, I God. I looked at I looked at KK. I went over to her and I was like, I need to leave. I was like, I can't be here. I'm not emotionally well enough for this. Yeah. So I left. And um all that being said, it's like, you know, I think I'm grateful to be in relationships with people who like when I'm having a hard time you're able to lift me up and yeah. I feel like I'm doing okay and you're having a hard time and I'm able to lift you up and like I love I love that like community of of just one person flailing and the other person feeling like they can help mm-hmm. but I'm really sorry you're flailing and feeling hurt and not getting sleep and um have you been taking like bubble baths at night before bed like is there a way to like I'm Girl. like how can you like calm your body down? Like, you know what I, I mean? I think it's going to be really you... good to be in Colorado for the summer. I think having yeah. the ratio of four adults to two children in a house will feel yeah. good. I think like like just now, as you know, I was pooping, which you're aware of because I texted you about it. Because you texted me that. But you did but, a cute emoji, so it was fun. Yeah. And everything's okay in emoji language. Well, like Griff was like screaming at me while I was pooping. So like even if you're just like Aww. trying to like go do a thing for two seconds, it's just you've got someone following you and yelling at you while you do it, whether that yeah. person is Griff. Uh, shout out to Cohen, Matt, who also scream at me while pooping. And, you know, you can't get away. You know what I'd like to do, though? I'd like to sing a few thank songs because we have so many new people. We have so many. Should we divide them between two episodes or we should just get them all at once? Definitely. Definite divide. I think that even with a divide, we've got to sing four to five songs in this moment. Per app. Which oh feels God. like a Can lot. Can I just say, th- coming back to Truly Directly Creepily has been such a wonderfully beautiful embrace yeah. by our dearest readers. And it feels so great. And we feel so loved. And we're so thankful to all of you. Oh, my God. I have to tell you, a guy from my high school who I went to high school with messaged me and I haven't talked to him in years. And he reached out and was like, hey, just so you know, I listened to the podcast. I'm sorry about the other one, but I'm super stoked you're coming back. He's like, big Quinlan fan. <laughs> it was so cool. I had a big Quinlan fan is so a fun. very funny thing to say to you. I really like that. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of his. <laughs> I love that. I love somebody seeing you and being like, oh my God, Quinn, I listened to your podcast. Huge Carrie fan. <laughs> so good. But I am too. And I said, and I said, honestly, same. 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 Huge Quinlan fan. Although I, I know her as Quinn because we're like that. We're close like that. I'm in your room. Speaking You're in of. my room. Um, okay, so. Let's get to thanking these jamokes. Okay, let's thank Christina B. Let's thank Christina B. Christina always be herself because she's Christina B. She Christina always B, be not Christina there for A. Us. <laughs> That's right. And she's not, not, not the C. A. She's the B. She's the beta version, but it's still pretty good. The it's workable. Best. Also we love it. as the best. Not beta, but the best. Christina, you're the best. Or is it Christine? It's Christina, I'm pretty sure, unless it's a typo. <laughs> Christina B, we love you, because you're a bad B. Hey. Great. Tanya okay. K. 
Tanya K, Tanya K, Tanya K. You're not like Tanya Harding. You're your own. Okay. Because it's not I, Tanya. I told you it's Tanya K. It's the letter K at the end of the name, Tanya. I love the letter K. You love the letter K. It is Tanya freaking K. Lindsay N. Lindsay N, Lindsay N, you're such a cool friend. We love you, Lindsay N. It's a, a party trend. We love you, Lindsay N. It's we'll all good. To the Let's end. hang out till and eat all the food. Yeah, we love food. <laughs> and you, Lizzie N. Lizzie, you. you, Lindsay N. We love food and you, Lindsay N. That both. was the end of that. We love both. Next song, next name. <laughs> Darren H. Darren A. Darren H. Darren H. You are our friend. You make us happy with an H. Darren. We care about Darren. Really good, really powerful, like just unbelievable stuff. When the I have content a question, is and I just want you to like check charts. in with yourself and ask mm. this question: mm-hmm. Is your joint pain gone? Oh, because of the singing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all it took. Oh my God, why didn't they write that online? Parvovirus. Mostly dogs get it. When humans do, they can sing it away, but only if the songs are really, really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, let's do one more. Let's do, and then we'll save these. All right, let's do Matt C. Matt C, you kind of sound like you should be Matt McCroskey, but you're not. You're Matt C, not M- Matt McC, just Matt freaking C. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Matt, Matt C, Matt C, you're not married to me. You're not Matt McC, you're just Matt C. But just because you're not married to me, it doesn't mean I don't love thee. Um, when you said Matt C, Matt C, it just, it, I don't know if it's like, I'm like, feel like it's like probably not like a cool word. Like it sounds like kind of like Nazi. <laughs> Matt C, you're not a Nazi. That's one of our favorite things about ye. No, we got to cut that. <laughs> Matt C, you're not a Nazi. That's a nice thing to say. <laughs> Why do we have to cut that? Explain. I just don't love the word Nazi coming up in our podcast. Call me crazy. Call me beep. crazy. We could beep it. We could beep Listen, it. Hey, I'm the one what? editing. You're gonna do We're the not first beeping anything. Get a grip. You know, sometimes you leave stuff in and I go, mm, I'm going to cut that. Nope. <laughs> nope. So you, you edit it and then I go, hey, that's actually going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. Um, Let's do some stories. I guess we should My do some stories. Hurt. Let's hey. do a story. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn is dying. Quinn is Quinn is not dying. I mean, is like so it's just joint pain and it lasts a couple Don't weeks. Say just. The do- You're not in my body. No, no, no. I'm saying like is like could you die from this? Let's Google it. All right. In real Pavros time. Vi- Parvo yeah, Die? Of <laughs> question mark. Jesus. Parvo is not always fatal. <laughs> 
We just came back to Truly Directly Creepily and Quinn be dead. <laughs> this is what it says when you Google that. Parvo is not always fatal, but when it does kill, death is as a result of either dehydration and or shock, along with the effects of septic toxins produced by the intestinal bacteria roaming throughout the bloodstream. It does have a picture of a basset hound next to that, so I'm really hopeful that that is... So maybe it's a dog. It's only fatal in dogs. May I make a suggestion? If they're saying dehydration, I think you should drink way more water and maybe... Listen, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. You're not going to like it. Instead of wine, maybe do some melatonin. Okay. Her. She's reading it right now, really going, I don't know if I want to agree to this. I well, don't know if I'm willing to agree. It says self-care treatment at home is generally sufficient. People with severe anemia, I don't think I have that. I would know if I had that, right? Then I have Do you to ever have blood iron deficiency? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Take I, some I, iron I mean, pills. We'll just have like a burger. <laughs> oh, or really? I can have a burger to treat this? This is the best news that I've ever heard of. I want to be very clear. We are not medical doctors, but I'm loving how we're coming up with treatments for this. I hope anyone who's a doctor hears this and goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they turn. They were amazing. They just are like, we have to subscribe to this podcast just for their medical advice. I mean, we do give a lot of good medical advice. (laughs) My, My advice this week was... Maybe try liver oil because of your joints. I think you I said fish oil. I don't jo- think you said liver oil, but you know what? I'll try anything is the truth. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You're going to like I this think, story that I'm going to tell. You, you go first, right? Yeah. First is the worst, but that is me. <laughs> I am the worst. This story. Oh, you're going to die. This is a good one. Okay. Well, I hope I live. I well, don't want to die. Some people in this story did not live, but... The man, all right, so the truth is I read a few things. BBC, The Telegraph, The Telegraph. I think it's just. Uh, I was in The Telegraph. Wow, I just love bringing this up organically. I was in The Telegraph. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Very organic. (laughs) Um, Very organic how that worked out. By Andrew Alderson. And then there was Guardian Courthouse News, uh, Telegraph, Telegraph. Geez, I guess I read a lot of Telegraph. And then there was this really great GQ article by Nadia Lobby, and that was really good. Um, oh, I love a good long. Folks, I love a good long article. Here's your trigger warning. Topics include suicide. All right, you've been warned. So let's start in the year of 2005. Let's start in the summer of 2005. Um, we'll start with a character by the name of Carol who lives in Leeds which is in England. It's Northern England. Yeah. Carol's driving down toward Coventry to visit her family and have dinner with them. And at dinner, she's like, hey, younger brother Mark, do you want to meet tomorrow at a park? Mark's 32. Wait. She said, hey, younger mother Mark. Hey, younger brother Mark. That's easy for you to say. Do you want to meet at a park? Yes. Let's all go to Quinn's virus and hear her freaking bark. It's a cute rhyme, but it's a sad story because Mark doesn't show up to the park. So she's like, where's Mark? And she goes to his house. She lets herself in and there is a note on the door that says, please call the police. Do not go upstairs. 
go home. Oh, no. Hand this note to the police. What would you do? I would go upstairs. I know. Me too. I think it's like I she think gets it, that feeling like because also if she got that note, I think there's part of it's like is is hey, it, is he maybe, still alive? Is, Can I save is him? Is he still alive? I can save him. So she does go upstairs and he is not still alive. She goes to his bedroom door, which is blocked, kind of shut, but she's able to push her way in and he has committed suicide. Um, so they're, they check his computer when they're looking through things and they see that earlier that same day he got a very brief um, email that said, are you all right, Mark? Lee. Now, Elaine Drybrow, Mark's mother, is like looking at this email and is like, let's see if there's anything that can help us understand what's gone on. So the truth about Mark is that he was really going through a hard time. And she says he was in a, a delicate place mentally and he was very susceptible and he was online a lot. And she is looking through his emails trying to see who is this person Lee because it looks like they were, in her words, whispering his email whispering in his ear every time he's logging on. So who is this person? Their name is Lee Dow. And it looks as though they've been communicating a lot on a suicide website. Um, So I think a lot of people go on these websites to talk candidly about their contemplation of suicide. And I think they receive a lot of different things on here they first of all they feel like they're in a a community that maybe feels supportive because if you're on there and a lot of people are on there also contemplating suicide they're not Mm -hmm. judging you uh right for being there and they're not necessarily trying to talk you out of it which is maybe also what you don't want to hear but at the same time i think they are talking each other out of it in this way that makes them feel less supported and and seen yeah. yeah. So that's my understanding of what a suicide website would be like. Um, and Mark had asked on this website questions about hanging. And this person, Lee Dow, was writing that hanging yourself is very effective. And Lee Dow wrote, I have trialed this five times now with very good results so I am using it for certain when I go meaning like I have tried this particular way of hanging where you attach a noose over a door to the doorknob on the other side and use it rather than suspending from something this person writes that overdosing is very unpredictable and that suspension hanging is quote by far the best and surest method now this is exactly the method that mark drybrow uses to end his life his sister upon finding him tries to suspend his body but it is too late and then the paramedics show up they pronounce mark dead but let's go back to mark's mother elaine she is obviously in a horrible state of grief, but she's doing every actionable thing that she can to get through her grief. And what that means is that she's collecting any data she can on these conversations that Mark was having online before he died. And she's passing all of this on to the police. Let's go forward to November of 2006, and let, let's talk about Celia Blay. This is a 65-year-old grandma living in southern England. Oh, you would love this character of Celia Blay. 
I mean, she's a real person, but she's quite a character. She makes products that are for servicing carriage horses. And she loves to tell people. So picture she's like this grandma and she loves to say she makes whips and thongs for a living. I love Celia. That's like her fun party joke. And I think it's a good one. Um, She is doing some research online. She's basically looking for um, charts to help her show that roads in her village should remain open for carriage horses to use. Like, it's for business. It's for work. She's trying to be like, we need these roads to stay open for carriage horses, and I need to make more whips and thongs. She ends up, I don't know, you know how you get online and you don't know how you end up in places? For sure. It says that she's looking at, she finds this, the web, basically the suicide uh, website, which it's, um, what do you call not moniker but chat room um, no it's a- like the the i don't know the name of the suicide site i for some reason didn't write it down but i know that it's called ash or ash anyway she ends up acronym? on that website yeah the acronym that was the word i was looking for thank you um she gets on there and she's like 65 years old and she's like now i've seen everything i didn't realize there was like a group that discusses suicide um and so she's like interested in it just from a like a sociological perspective. Right? And just she's like just being, like curious. Being like, wow, so there's this group that's really wild. Like, I'm gonna talk with some of these people. And she's talking to them and she meets a 17-year-old girl who lives in South America who has depression. And they start talking, and it's kind of just like a grandma talking to a 17-year-old and kind of being like, What's going on with you? And she tells Celia. I'm actually going to kill myself and I have a suicide pact with an American woman and we're both going to die by hanging and we're going to do it via webcam so that we can be together. And so Celia's like first priority is like, well, when is this? And she's like soon. And it's she basically talks her out of it four hours before she's going to hang herself. She talks her out of it. That's so amazing, but it's if you just, didn't already love so, uh, Celia Blay, she is yeah, a modern her. day hero. She's like, so who is this woman that you're in this pact with? And she's like, oh, she's an American. She's a nurse. Her name is Lee Dow. Um, so she's like looking around and figuring out that other people on this website also have suicide packs with Lee Dow. It seems like it would be if you're going to do it live via webcam, it seems like it would be hard to enter into multiple suicide packs with people. So already... My alarm bells are going off. I don't know if Celia felt the same way, but she's definitely looking into who is this Lee Dow and seeing that it is um, a tw- what well what she says she is is a nurse that lives in Minnesota and is in her twenties, and she seems to be kind of um, I guess conservative you might say, which is to say she's like chastising people for talking about using drugs instead of killing themselves. Like she's like, we should really all kill ourselves. She says that the hope of eternal life is promised to those who believe. So there's a little bit of religiosity in here and being like, we're all going to be okay. And she's promoting hanging pretty actively as we saw with Mark. She's like, this is the way to do it. It's fast. It's clean. It's certain death. Um, They're looking through posts and like there's one um, in March of 2006. 
someone is saying, please, someone help me die some way that is quick and or painless directly. I'll do anything, please. I just need help. And this person posted that. And then you see that Lee Dow wrote, check your email. And then a guy named Jim had written, think I'm going to be left with no option but to hang myself. I'm a big guy, 420 pounds. So making sure the rope don't break is vital to me. So I've been looking at climbing rope. Can anyone shed any technical info on this to make sure I get the right stuff? Guess what he has after posting that? Lee Dow writing, check your email. Lee Dow is emailing people that are interested in killing themselves. And Lee Dow is posting about hanging. And it's this thing you're seeing over and over again. The packs that Lee Dow is making with people aren't just, again, with this 17-year-old. She also made a suicide pact with someone named Nicola, who is 22 years old and lives in Zagreb, Croatia. And she was like, let's hang ourselves. And Nicola kept canceling at the last minute, rethinking Mm -hmm. it. So obviously you're dealing with someone that could be pushed in either direction. And we know that Lee is going to push this person toward hanging. But then Lee kind of disappears from being on this platform and Nicola's like, well, Lee's around because Lee said that Lee was going to die with me. So Nicola's telling people on the platform, I know this person didn't kill themselves yet, Lee, because we're in kind of a pact to do it together. And they said they won't leave till I leave kind of thing. Um, And when Nicola's saying that, other people are like, Oh, she told you that too. So once again, it's like, how is this person? People are starting to, yeah. But then as he's looking, he's looking, he gets an email from someone that says they're Lee's mom. And she says, oh, Lee hung herself. And so he's like, wow, she really did it. And it is something that is pushing him in the direction of doing it himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this pact has been realized by this other person I was in it with. Oh, so gosh. now he's really getting serious about killing himself. And then two months later, guess who's back online? Lee. Yeah. And it's like, what? So the people on this platform are noticing this. And somebody does even post on the platform, I believe Lee Dow got some kind of higher rush from trying to convince people to die. Um or I don't know that they posted it, but they that quote is attributed to someone that was on that platform. So it is a thing of like people are but noticing. But you have people joining the site at different times and they're susceptible to it. There's no way. There's no like. Witnesses are dying is another yeah. thing. So Exactly. It, yeah. That's Celia, so who's sad. now online, is like, uh-uh, not on my watch. I make whips. And I, I make get, and I make people alive. So she's running around this website being like, hey, everybody, be careful. Don't like this Lee Dow person is the bad news bears. She also realizes that Lee Dow has other uh, online identities, Aliases. obviously. Yes. Falcon Girl is one and Cammy D is one. And again, this is a way that she's entering suicide packs with people. And, the, and one of the other common threads other than wanting them to hang themselves is that she is urging them to do it on webcam in front of her. So we don't know, again, how many that of these. We don't so know vile. what happened. We do know that a lot of people talking about wanting to die, the last message they got was from Lee Dow or Falcon Girl or Cammy D saying, check your email, and then those people are not alive anymore. Or they've disappeared at least off the website. It's, you know, obviously we don't know the identity of a everyone, lot of these people but, because they're on yeah. there with just like, oh, 
name like Falcon Girl, so we don't know. Celia is on here collecting, collecting, collecting data and bringing it to the police. So now you have Elaine, Mark's mom, and you have Celia, and you have these older women. You have these women who are going to this place not to end, like, oh, God. Oh, God. That's just, it's so sad. So they're bringing this information to the police. The police are opting not to investigate, really. They're trying to tell the FBI about it, and they're not getting a reply. 2007, Kat Lowe is a 35-year-old who lives in Wolverhampton, England. She is getting on the website a lot. Um, Mm. And she is noticing some of these similar things. She's dealing with depression as well, but she writes to Celia and is like, I want to help you. Kat is unemployed. She's a mom of two. And she's one of many people that spoke to this female nurse. And she got weird vibes right away and was like, something's off about this. So she's like, send me a picture of yourself. But the picture they sent has a man's name on the file. So she's like, what? Hmm. And then she's like, oh, I'm noticing that you're all over this website. I'm noticing that you're using a lot of different names. And I'm noticing that people on this website are a lot of times supporting each other. This person is not here to offer support. They are here to tell you to kill yourself and to really encourage you. And so what she decides to do, Celia and Kat, like Kat's like, I'm going to keep talking to this person and kind of string them along. Like mm-hmm. set a little bit of a trap because yeah. um, they're chatty and they're always like there's always a reason, of course, why this person won't get on webcam with you like theirs doesn't work yeah. right now. So it's like, let's get on webcam. And it, I feel like that was probably something that was happening with these suicide packs is like, let's kill ourselves together. And then for some reason, their webcam isn't working, but yours is in January of 2008. Kat sends an email to Falcon Girl and says she lost her job. She needs advice. Cammy D is supposedly the person's name that writes her back and says, let's do this. Let's do this together. Let's hang ourselves. Let's do it on a webcam. Finally, they get them to turn on the webcam and the person on the other side of the webcam is not there but then accidentally reveals themselves. I'm not sure how stupid you'd have to be to agree to turn on the webcam. You're pretending to be someone you aren't, and then you accidentally get seen for an instant. Like, this is very sloppy on the part of this Lee Dow person who is not a woman for the record. Now, the person that Kat sees that reveals themselves on the webcam is a middle-aged man. And right away, she says something like, you're a bloke. (laughs) She's like right away calling it out. And... She took a picture of him on her phone. Now, a friend of hers had almost killed themselves after speaking to Lee. So there's a lot of personal investment here. I mean, yeah, this is very personal. She sees this middle-aged man when they're testing their webcams and he accidentally goes in front of it and is like, Okay, we have to tell the police about this person because they're pretend like something is really fishy. They're it's on this so website. Nefarious. They're pretending it's to be someone so they aren't. Nefarious. 
But it's really hard for them to like prove any of this. Well, it's also we've talked about this in like previous cases where with Internet across international borders, like it's such a hard like the law has not caught up with this type of Mm -hmm. crime yet. Right. Like that's what they're coming up against. It's like, how do you adjudicate this? How do you. Is it fraud? Is it like h- mm-hmm. how? Yeah. And all these people are in England and this person's in the States. It's like and they're killing themselves. Like that's I that's it's that's very hard, but it's and, just so gross. And meanwhile, like Falcon Girl, Cammy Dealey Dow, whoever this man is, is talking to an 18 year old named Nadia Kajuji that lives in Ontario. She's a freshman at Carleton University. And oh my gosh, she gets on the site. She's like, I'm not sleeping. I'm depressed. And These poor kids. She had been in this like relationship where she was 18. Like she was like super in love. And then uh, they were like having sex. And the condom breaks. She takes the morning after pill. It doesn't work. She's pregnant. Uh, then she's like maybe it's a good thing and then has a miscarriage there's all these things that happen to her the guy like beats it out of the relationship there's just so much for an 18 year old that is a huge storm for anyone to weather but to be 18 years old you feel like your life is over yeah so their message she's messaging just to clarify if anybody's going through it your life is not over you're not alone Call for help. Let's put the suicide hotline number. I have it at, at the, the end. end. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, so she starts to message Cammy, aka Falcon Girl, aka Lee Dow, and they start to talk about suicide. And people call it catching the bus. So Nadia said, "When are you going to catch the bus? I would like to soon. I am planning to attempt this Sunday." And Cammy says, "Wow, you want to use hanging too?" And Nadia says, "I'm going to jump." Cammy says, well, that's okay, but most people puss out before doing that. Plus, they don't want to leave a terribly messy mess for others to clean up. Nadia says, I want it to look like an accident. There's a bridge over the river where there's a break in the ice. The water's really rough right now. It should carry me back under the ice so I can't really come up for air. If drowning doesn't get me, hopefully hopefully the hypothermia will. Mm -hmm. So her plan is like laid out and Cammy's plan is to try to tempt her to Convince no doubt her. hang herself yeah. no doubt on webcam meanwhile we have Kat and Celia uh, have like formed their own personal task force and they get help from a guy who has seen what Lee Dow is doing online and who understands the internet better than they do and they're mm-hmm. able to start doing work on figuring out the IP address and they're like this person is in Minnesota like this th- you know sometimes they said they were a nurse from Minnesota they are but then a- another big mistake is made by Cammy, aka Lee Dow aka this middle-aged man which is that in the header of an email sent to Kat while they're communicating about suicide is a name, Bill Melcher Dinkle. So they look at this, they forward it to their internet guy, and he looks it up and he's like, there is a William Melcher Dinkle living in Faribault, Minnesota, where the IP address is. So now they contact the St. Paul Police Department and they're like, they go the route of going through the Minnesota Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. And they're like, yes, we will take this case. So you have now had basically five years of these three British women turned armchair detective who are like, we're going to 
figure get out this who guy. is doing this and we're going to get him. And they're passing it along to investigators who are now, just now, finally taking this seriously and feeling like they might have enough to charge this person. So the next thing that happens is very sad, which is that the Ottawa police call to do a wellness check on William Melchert Dinkle. They say, we have reason the to Ottawa? believe. The Ottawa? Well, yes. They, they call, the Ottawa calls Faribault, Minnesota, oh, and says, you. you need to go do a wellness check. So, okay, the Ottawa police in Canada uh-huh. call the police in Minnesota in Faribault, yeah. and they say, will you go do a wellness check on this person, on this William guy. Melchert Dinkle? The thing is, we have reason to believe he might be dead because we found messages between him and a woman named Nadia in Canada. We traced it to this IP address, and Nadia is missing. And they were in a suicide pact. So if Nadia is missing and we can't find her, we need to find this person that was talking to her. Wow. William is on vacation at the time with his family. He comes home and he's like, I'm fine. Everyone here is fine. Nadia is not fine because six weeks after she vanishes, they are able to recover her body when it washes ashore because she jumped into a frozen river with ice skates on her feet. So that it would look like an accident, just like she said, that it would look like she fell into the Ugh. river. But now we have found William Melchert Dinkle, who is a middle-aged man. He is 47. He's married. He has two teenage daughters. Oh, my God. And neighbors oh describe God. him as normal. He's a churchgoer. He's a great dad. But he is a person that is obsessed with hanging and suicide, and he is a suicide voyeur. And he's been posing as a female nurse online to try to get people to trust him more and trying to pretend to be compassionate. And when he gets busted, he acknowledges that he was in a bunch of online chats about suicide, that he entered packs with about 10 people, he says, five of whom he believes did kill themselves and that he wanted to watch them die using his webcam, and that he tells police he did it, and I quote, for the thrill of the chase. He knew information that made him seem like someone you could trust because people trust nurses. We all know that. And he was a former nurse. In 1994, according to the Nursing Board of Minnesota, he gave the wrong medicine to somebody in a nursing home, which feels a little angel of deathy to me. Very, um, yeah. But also he just could have been shit at his job because uh, he also like didn't document well somebody's condition who was being taken to the hospital and they died on their way to the hospital because he didn't like properly explain what was going on with them. Oh um, and he got fired from a nursing home for the abuse of two residents. And so they had limited his license, but he was still allowed to practice. He just had to have supervision. Obviously, as soon as this happens, his license immediately revoked. Do you remember that teenage girl that Celia was talking to? Mm-hmm. From South America, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's her or not, but then I read that there was a teenager in Guatemala who abandoned their suicide attempt after they found out who they were talking to. So just the revealing of this is a middle-aged man, not a nurse. She said, 
And they were meant to do it together. It was a pact. And she says, I am glad this man has been charged. I hope a message had been sent out that vulnerable, suicidal people aren't easy targets. Like, she, like, was going to do this with this person, found out who they were, and stopped. So who knows how many people it would have affected them to know who they were actually speaking to. But I can't imagine, like, preying upon people that are in their weakest, darkest hour. There is a, your, there quote, is a thrills. hot, hot, hot place in hell for that guy. That is so vile. And the poor family members, you yeah. know. And I, I Nadia's mean, you have mom these people like court, Celia. Nadia's mom said in court, when Nadia died, the best parts of me died with her. Like, it was a death for her, too. And she's like, I don't think that he's capable of feeling sorrow. He's a predator. No. He's a killer. No. To such vulnerable people and teenagers and young people and people who, oh, it is, that is horrifying. That is a horrifying case. So Nadia's mom said that William Melcher Dinkle is, in fact, a serial killer and deserves yeah. to be punished to the full extent of the As law. such. Yeah. Um. You know, and he's apologizing in court, and you're like, I do not no, buy this not for a second. No, you're not apologizing just because you got caught. There's no way. There's no way. He's convicted well, of is, two is... counts of aiding suicide under this, like, law they never use in Minnesota. And he's like, no, no, I don't want a jury. <laughs> like, no one will like me. So he's doing um, a judge trial. and this A bench judge, trial, right? Thomas Newville is going to decide whether or not he's guilty in 2011. And... Basically, he gives him not that long, like 360 days, not even a full year in prison. That's it? Mm-hmm. And he could have been given 15 years for each count. So actually what happened- I hope his internet is revoked and he should be, as a predator, and he should be monitored on the internet for the rest of his life. Well, this is what it says. It's This is really complicated, but I'll try to get through it in a way that makes some sense. So this judge- officially sentenced him to six and a half years, but stayed execution of that sentence. So he'll go to prison only if he violates the terms of his probation. And that includes serving that like paltry 360 days. He says that what he did was like stalking and that it was like calculated, intentional, fraudulent, but that while he his conduct is related to the deaths. He can't be held solely responsible for them. So I think that was why the sentence was, it feels like light. The probation time is going to be 15 years. During that probation time, this is kind of wild. I've never heard of anything like this. This is very interesting. Part of the punishment is that he is forced to return to jail, even though he's going to be released, each year for a decade to spend the anniversaries of his victims' deaths in jail. So like on the, on the anniversary of Nadia's death or Mark's death, he has to go do a sleepover in jail even though he's a free man, which is completely crazy. I've never heard of anything like I've that. I've never heard of anything like that. It's sort like of that. like medieval. It's like I just going to make something up. It's like – Yeah, it's like putting him in the stocks for a night. I just think it's you know what I mean? like it, too bizarre for words. So in March 2014, this whole thing gets overturned by Minnesota Supreme Court because the attorneys are like – this is, doesn't make we any don't sense. Have a, well, well, they're like, we don't have clear laws on whether it's okay. Like, the the language around encouraging or assisting a suicide is, like, really broad. And they're like, this is free speech. So 
it gets overturned. He goes back to court and the court is like, it is a crime to assist someone's suicide. But did he assist it? So they're going to redo everything. And then in October, they're like, we need to define assist. So that's providing a person with what they need to die by suicide. So they're basically like, we think he did assist. Yeah, because he gave them instructions. He told them how to. He gave them like. So he gets sentenced to 178 days in jail. Now he's 52. And they reverse his prior convictions. It's so it's 178 days. It's less. What? This is so confusing. Okay. The Minnesota Court of Appeals affirms the conviction, but the Minnesota Supreme Court is like, no, it's unconstitutional because we can't say that you can't advise or encourage you. You you can advise. You can encourage. You cannot assist. It's like this very, it's very language-based. They're like based. not charging him with like the proper crime mm-hmm. because it's not even like a crime documented because it's not something that's like gone to court like this. Well, and doing and all this, slippery, he's saying it's, it's double like jeopardy because they're going back to court for the same crimes that he already was sentenced in. So it's it's all like they're like, did we do this right? Like this is, it is the oh stickiest God. court case Ever. Well, and because like you don't like um there are people, I'm sure, I think the fear, excuse me. <sighs> the fear of the slippery slope argument is that if there are two people who are mm-hmm. communicating who do enter into a suicide pact and one of them goes through with it and the other doesn't and changes their mind, would they be held culpable? Someone who is genuinely someone who, you know, like, like, what is that slippery slope argument that are you going to punish? You know what I mean? I mean, the whole thing, I was trying to read the language and I was getting like lost because I was like, yeah, okay, they're saying that. And then he's yelling like, he's like, you can't even try me again. It's double jeopardy. He does get tried. He does get 178 days. What happens is that they're able to prove as far as the assist argument. They're yeah. able to say, yes, he obviously assisted Mark. He wrote an email on how to do this. And four days later, Mark did it. And like they were talking up yeah. until the moment like this supports a finding that there was a very clear relationship with Nadia. Not at all. He doesn't get charged at all because he's on there. She had her yourself, plan yourself, already. But she had her plan. She did her plan. She didn't end up hanging herself. So it's very upsetting to Nadia's family because here's this person that was urging their 18-year-old daughter to kill herself, and she does kill herself, and he doesn't have any punishment any that repercussions. is related That's, to that. Well, it's just it's, – it's not – you know, again, laws are formed when people break them, mm-hmm. right? When people mm-hmm. do something that is and – I, and I think like uh, – do you think he knew? Do I think he knew what? Do you think he knew how much of a gray area he was working in? No, I don't think he gave a shit. I think he's mentally ill. Like, I think that he's, well, I shouldn't say I think he's mentally ill. I do think something's wrong with him. I don't think he's, he's, I don't think he could have pled insanity. I think that right. this was like a sick, honestly, all I hope is that like he lost his whole family and that they'll never speak to him again and that he'll die alone. I just yeah, like want I the worst. Alone. I, I want hope. the worst for him. Um, I do want to say that Nadia's brother uh, became an ambassador for YourLifeCounts.org, which is a charitable charitable organization 
that provides online resources for suicide prevention and has been really active and doing these things in her name. Um, and You know, because it's like once those right people get in those chat groups, like Celia, you know, it's like these people that can talk to someone and say, hey, I hear you. I hear mm-hmm. you. Talk mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you get a bad actor in there. It's just beyond well, devastating. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she just her family saw no justice for this. Um, but I did think it was an amazing story because you have these three British women, uh, Elaine and Celia and work. Kat, who are all related to this story in different ways. And like Kat almost lost a friend. Celia, who is like just stumbled upon this, but was like, I am going to make it my job to save people. And then you have Elaine who lost her son and all these people, these women were affected and they pushed and pushed and they collected data and they sent it to the police until they listened. And they never stopped till they got listened to. And this would have gone on, it feels like. Yeah. Um, well, because there was, again, there's not, when, when, when someone is, when it's a clear suicide, it's not something that they typically investigate you know, outside of that. And if that person has been dealing with depression or suicidal ideations, you know, that, that, that is such a gray area, sticky. Oh God, that is so devastating and horrible. You know, again, if one person were to have talked to them, I, it just shows you that you do need to talk to the right people when you're going through this so i would i i do urge you that if you or a loved one is experiencing any suicidal thoughts um Mm -hmm. well first of all obviously you are not alone uh you're not but you need to talk to the right people about that and in order to do so you can dial 988 which has free confidential 24 7 support uh, they're a prevention and crisis hotline, and they have the resources to talk to you about this. And you yeah. don't want to end up online talking to someone that doesn't have your best interests at heart. Yeah, because the only person that per- that guy, William, was looking out for is himself. Is William. There was nobody else that person was looking out for. So true. Oh, God. Um, Can I ask, did he get sexual arousal out of this i don't know the answer to that that is not something he said but you know he's a really gross middle-aged beast and anything is possible uh hold on i need to take a deep breath yeah i know it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot okay i guess i'm gonna do my story okay um, I sort of did some UK um, stories as well. I feel like whenever I'm traveling, I love to do stuff that is sort of here. And I looked up the story and I wanted to tell it. So I got this information from got this information from Wikipedia, Daily Mail, Oxford Mail, and iNews. And it follows um, this guy, Peter Anthony Scott Farquhar. What a name. We're calling Peter Farquhar. Um A little bit about Peter. He's been a teacher um, in England for 34 years. Um, He's an English teacher, and people loved him as a teacher. He really cared about his students. Some people said that he was almost like a second father to some of his students. And while he was teaching, he wrote about three novels during his lifetime. Um, In 2015, he is 69 years old. And throughout his career, he worked at a bunch of schools, but he also lectured at Buckingham University. Um, He also is an evangelical Christian, and at one point he considered being ordained. 
Um, but the books that he's writing feel pretty um, informative about some of the feelings he has, which mm-hmm. is in um, 2010, his book Between Boy and Man was published. And it's based on his experience of struggling to reconcile his sexuality with his faith. He says it's based on an experience that he went through in private school. But I think this is something that as an evangelical Christian, he's 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 working through. Right. It sounds like there's gayness. Uh, yeah, he's working I, through I, it. I don't know if he's ever come out and says, I am gay, but I will say, spoiler alert, he does get engaged to a man. So, um, yeah, he's gay, and I think he's having a hard time um, reconciling that with his Mm -hmm. religion. Got it. Um, That book, in fact, was actually made into a movie in 2013 with the title Believe here in the UK. Um, One of his books that he wrote was called A Wide, Wide Sea. He wrote it in 1997, and it's this book about three teenagers who travel from Edinburgh where I'm at currently, and they travel to France and Spain, and it's a coming of age. It's a discovery, self-discovery kind of book, and that has kind of sit on a pile, not published anywhere. So it's 2015, and um, two of his former students, this guy Ben Field and Martin Smith, um, Martin Smith in the Wikipedia article is referred to as a magician. So I don't, I didn't find any more information on that, but apparently Martin Smith is a magician. And Ben Field is this church warden. Okay, but they were two of his former students. Peter Farquhar, not Lord Farquaad. Peter That's what Farquhar, I think when you say I that. I know, it's really hard. He is 69 years old. He has this book that he wrote in 1997, and two of his friends who he formerly taught convince him, persuade him to submit this manuscript for publication. That's in early 2015. Later in 2015, around October 15th, Peter is found dead at his home. They find him and they test his blood alcohol level and they rule his death as accidental and they attribute it to acute alcohol ingestion. So they're starting to look at the scene, what's going on. It's 2015 and they're looking at his life. They see that he was engaged to Ben Field, one of the former students that persuaded him to submit this novel for publication. Um, And Ben Field is like 26 at the time. And um, he is a church warden. And a little bit about church wardens is they're responsible for ensuring that people are properly welcomed to the church and to the services. Mm -hmm. Um, It's um, they're responsible for a lot of the community, but also making sure the church is in working order. They have like a churchyard or like they're just sort of like they work to make sure the church is functioning, this church mm-hmm. warden. Peter is survived by his one family member, Ian, his brother. And so they initially rule this as an accident, but then they start to sort of get some more information and they're they're seeing this as a little bit fishy. They notice that Peter did not die from acute alcohol ingestion. He died because he was suffocated. And then of course, you're gonna look at the guy his love interest, right? You're going to look at the guy he's with. So we start to take a closer look at church warden, 26-year-old Ben Field. Now, Ben, not a great guy, okay? Like, not a good dude, I would say, at all. Um, So when he left school, I don't know. It didn't totally go into how they ended up together, but it does feel like Ben has been ingratiating himself to older folks Um, not just 
Peter, but mm-hmm. Peter's next door neighbor who's like 57 years older than him, this 86-year-old woman, and more Martin. Um, and while he's, quote, betrothed or engaged to Peter, he is, he has a Benfield has a string of girlfriends who he's sleeping with. He's also in a sexual relationship with 80-something-year-old and more Martin, Peter's next-door neighbor. So I think the police Whoa, are looking in. at this going, what is going on? Right. And then, of course, we follow the money. Um, Peter had left Ben, I saw in two different articles. One was 2,000 pounds, but I think the actual correct one was from another article, which was 20,000 pounds. That feels... way more right it's significant so they're seeing that peter had updated his will to leave ben twenty thousand pounds in 2013 and shortly after that in 2013 that is when ben moved in with peter and so that starts this like couple of year yeah that starts sort of like let's look into these couple of years that these guys live together What they find is that when he moved in with Peter, Peter wasn't a big drinker at all. But what Field would do is he would encourage Peter to drink lots of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And while he was doing this, he would drug him. And he would convince him that he was losing his mind. Mm -hmm. So Peter is being, for lack of a better word, because I don't think there is a better word, I think this is actually what is happening. Ben is torturing Peter. In fact, he admits to this later on. He starts legitimately gaslighting him. Like he'll delete phone numbers from his phone, contacts from his phone, and then convince Peter that he did that, that he just doesn't remember. So this 26-year-old- To what end? Just to fuck with him? Yes. Jesus. At his trial, he ends up saying he did it just for meanness. Like just Just to be mean, just to be cruel. I mean, I do give him points for I've never heard anybody admit something so brazenly. Why did you do that? Just for meanness. Just wanted to be super mean. Yeah. Just horrible. Again, he's also trying to do this apparently to the next door neighbor along with his magician friend. I don't know how much. Don't get involved with magicians. I I always say Don't get involved with magicians. But I got to tell you, the magician ends up getting acquitted of all wrongdoing, but he is seemingly going along with Ben. So I don't know, you know, based on trial, based on court, based on, you know, what's been adjudicated, I can't sort of indict Martin Smith for anything except the fact that he is a magician. And, and that when he was, was in court weird. and they were trying to cross-examine him, he just kept pulling rabbits out of a hat. Yeah. So Peter, this poor man, I mean, okay, wait, he is a poor man. He's being totally taken for a ride. Mm -hmm. This man for years who's been questioning his sexuality and clearly struggling, but Mm -hmm. also has like loved having a teacher, has been finding ways to express himself in books. He has this like young man who's throwing him a lot of attention Mm -hmm. and he's in love. He invites this man into his home and this man just starts wreaking havoc in his life. Um, Peter is going to the doctor because he's like, something's wrong. I don't know. Apparently I'm deleting things apparently i'm passing out at Ugh. night i don't so he know thinks what's his happened. mind is going yeah a month after ben has moved in with peter um peter is admitted to the hospital because they find that he's mixed 14 sleeping pills with 400 milliliters of gin a cleaner finds him takes him takes him to the hospital they suspect it's an overdose um but we will later find out it was ben who spiked him um <sighs> All the while, like I said, he's Ben is sleeping with 
Peter's next door neighbor, a, a 80 something year old woman. Um, and he's doing the same thing to her. He's manipulating her. He's drugging her. He's trying to encourage her, her to change the yeah, world, to, to include him. World. In 2017, so two years after this, early in 2017, Anne Moore Martin, Peter's next door neighbor, she has a seizure. Mm-hmm. As soon as she recovers enough, she's able to give interviews to the police along with evidence. And with that, the police are able to open a full investigation into Ben Field. Just a couple of months later, in May of 2017, she dies from natural causes. I don't think he is in the will. I do not think Ben Field is in the will. That was not noted. But regardless, I'm sure it's null and void based on what we're going to find out. Because in 2018, Ben and Martin are both arrested on suspicion of murdering Peter and attempting to murder and more Martin, his next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. During this trial, Peter admits to drugging Peter with benzos and hallucinogens to torture him. He said for no other reason than to just be cruel, just purely out of meanness, which I guess in the UK probably is just meanness is something you say casually. Um, he then spiked his drink. Um, he would spiked he would spike his drinks to make him question his own insanity, what was reality, and he then suffocated. So what happened was is they they think that he's died from alcohol poisoning. They don't know his real cause of death, which mm-hmm. is suffocation. Because what happened was is Ben would spike Peter's drink and would wait until he was weak enough. The night of October 15th, 2015, he waited until Peter was just weak enough that he could not resist, Mm -hmm. and he suffocated him. Mm. And that is, in fact, how Peter Farquhar died. Does he go to prison? Um, Yes, he does go to prison. Now, he admits to the torture. However, however, Benfield never admits fully that he killed Peter Farquhar. Mm. Correct. But... I think you're hearing all of this information. You're hearing the change of will. You're hearing how he tortured this man. In 2019, Benfield is is convicted of the murder of Peter Farquhar, and he is sentenced to life in prison with the minimum of 36 years. He's tried to appeal this decision. He's lost both appeals. Again, he was also he was also charged with conspiring to murder his neighbor, Anne Moore Martin, and those charges are dropped. So he's not convicted in that conspiracy. Martin Smith, the freaking magician, he's acquitted of all charges, like I said, except for being a magician. And while they were investigating <laughs> he this crime, free for that. he walks free on water. No, he... he uh, <laughs> And while they were investigating this crime and who this Ben character was, they also find that Ben had a list of over 100, quote, clients. And they were very similar to Peter and Anne, and they actually included his parents and grandparents. Ian, Peter's brother, says that Ben conned them all. And I'm just wanting to highlight the fact that this guy is a church warden. So his job is to welcome parishioners into the fold, is to include people in the community. And the fact is, as he was using that power to meet people who were susceptible, who maybe were lonely, lived alone, didn't have a lot of family, um, and he found he would weasel his way into their lives, and then he would essentially torture these people. And so the only people we really know about 
are Peter and Anne. But the thing is, is he's acquitted of all charges against Anne. And Peter, the only reason we know is he, I mean, he's caught. But like this guy was fucking like the church. He just, it's like these positions of power. It's like in your story, it's like you have, um, you have these people who are susceptible and these evil actors are finding ways to ingratiate themselves into their lives Mm -hmm. and wreak absolute fucking havoc. And they do. I don't understand. I don't, I can't comprehend the illness that is required to do something like this. It just right. blows and it's the my time and mind. The, and the energy where it's like, isn't your whole life just like so busy where you're just like trying to like be a person on this planet and like get your grocery shopping done and like see your friends and like, I'm just like, then there are people that use this amount of time and energy for, I guess, what we'll call for meanness. For fucking meanness. I also just like, and greed. I, think, I mean, in I this case like, as well, but you know, here this I you know it's it's interesting because you look at these pictures of Peter and he's you know in his late 60s and he's with this young 20 something year old guy and you know clearly this man has gone his whole life questioning his sexuality and feeling alone and feeling not seen and as and an that's older man vulnerable yeah, and I think like using this man's and clearly it doesn't seem to me I don't know Ben's sexuality um but to con this man who struggled his whole life, who didn't have anyone. I mean, I don't know his. I mean, maybe he did. I hope. God, I hope he had like a fun little tryst or fun little affair with a man in private school. That's what yeah. I hope for Peter growing boy up. And a but man. it's like, yeah, you see yeah, his book. I just. <sighs> Between a boy. The book, I think, was called Between a Boy and a Man, which is giving me very... Which is a better a title girl, than you, A Boy and a Man, a which sounds a little like a crime. Between Boy and Man, which also could sound like... The book was called Between Boy and Man. And yeah, I, don't I have know. notes on the title, but... And, and you know, who knows? Who knows? I have not read this book, but it was made into a TV show on BBC that I could not get a hold of. A full I could not TV watch, show, I, huh? Yeah, or they did an episode on it, or it was like a TV movie. I don't know. But they did... They did put it up there. But again, I just like my heart breaks for this guy. And there's like pictures of him with this guy. It's just so sick. And this guy just like fully copped to torturing this poor man. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Anyway, those are some stories of people who were um, majored in meanness. Major meanness. Major meanness. Here's what I'm going to do for you, Carrie. Since I came from the bathroom, this is what I'm reading. (gasps) <gasps> the I'm last deep thoughts the last deep thoughts by by jack candy and i feel like since this was a really heavy episode as they often are i might like you should end with one yeah I think just leave you idea. with with a deep thought um let's see it's hard to pick you know um well this is a nice one before a mad scientist goes mad there's probably a time when he's only partially mad and this is the time when he's going to throw his best parties I really like that one. 